The Red Bull rant is a free-flowing conversation about soccer that may include adult language. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the official podcast on onceometro.com, the Red Bull Rant. I'm Jason Ipico. I'm Pat McDonald. I'm Truman, and this is episode 130, Town Hell. So uh, we got two things to talk about today. Uh, the MLS Super Draft, which was last Thursday, and then the day after the New York Red Bull Town Hall. Uh, we'll get to that in a few minutes. Mm. But first, yeah, we're, we're going to leave that one for on the back burner for now. Going to talk about the uh, MLS uh, Super Draft. New York Red Bulls had two picks in this one. Uh, sorry, for the first two rounds, because the second two are happening tomorrow via conference call, since, you know, they can't just do everything at once. But anyway, the uh, so the Red Bulls had the 18th pick in both the first and second rounds. In the first round, they picked uh, midfielder Leo Stoltz of the University of California, Los Angeles. Uh, he's a guy who wasn't going to play in MLS unless he played for the Red Bulls, so there's that. And in the second round, the Red Bulls picked forward Stefano uh, Bomano. I'm sure I'm fucking that up because I do that on the show. I fuck up names. <laughs> um, Tradition. Yeah. Uh, so, and and what do you guys uh, think of the picks? Uh, Pat, you can go first. What do, what do you think the Red Bulls going after a midfielder and a forward in the draft? Well, I mean, I think, uh, you know, Leo Stoltz is a steal. I mean, the guy pretty much was able to dictate where he wanted to go. And, hey, you know, I'm all for that. I'm for free uh, agency in any form in this league. So, uh you know, and uh, the Red Bulls capitalized that late pick. They got the best player in the draft at a late position because he said he would only go to L.A. and New York, and uh, it was a true coup for the um, for the Red Bulls and picking up Leo Stoltz. I mean, will he be that central attacking midfielder that everyone's been clamoring for years? I mean, to be to be determined, but I don't think we're going to have to wait long to see what he is capable of. I think you're going to see him on the field from day one. Um as for the other player, whose name is the come on, Screw it Benamo, up. Benamo, Benamo, Benamo. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'll start this over. As for no, Stefano, but screw that. You don't get a second chance. Screw you. <laughs> you are editing this. As for uh, Stefano Benamo, um, forward depth. I mean, I'll take anything over Sire Sands. So. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, the uh, you know, the, yeah, the Leo Stoltz uh, pick was like you said, it was a steal. Uh, every everybody that's talking about this guy saying he's ready to go now, a- every single person. Now I'm hoping that that means uh, he's going to play now and then not leave in two years. You know, to try to go to another team in Europe. You know, play for like a German club. I'm hoping that's not the plan. I'd like to actually have a guy that's going to stick around for like four years or so. You know, let's hope. As for uh, Banamanamanamano, we'll see. I don't know. I, I don't know too much about the guy, so, yeah. you know. I mean, second-rounders aren't, you know, in MLS, doesn't really matter, does it? It's half the time, first-rounders don't matter, so. Okay. 
But it's a good, yeah, I, th- I thought they had a good draft so far, and we'll see what they do in the next two rounds. I don't think you're going to see any superstars come out of rounds three and four, for sure, but, yeah, we'll see. So, for what it's worth, um, since I was there at the draft, because I'm special now, apparently, um, at the draft, when Marsh was talking about Stoltz, he had said, uh, and uh, this is a direct quote, Leah reached out to us in the past week and told us that he was very interested in Red Bull. Although he had not shown an interest in signing with the league, that because of partly our connection with Salzburg and his youth academy uh, coach at 1860 Munich, which is now the youth academy director at Salzburg. So partly our connection with that, and then he knew he wanted to play in New York, um, which the rest of it. He knew about the club, he heard good things about me, and so he reached out and let us know that this was a place he wanted to be. And listen, we feel like this is a Herman Mack award winner, and we think this is the most pro-ready player in the draft. So we expect that he'll be ready to step in, and yeah, it'll be a little bit of an adjustment, but we expect him to contribute this year. So the Red Bulls front office is very high on this guy, and it's very rare that you hear somebody in a draft say they want to play somewhere and get and get what they want. And uh, he's already signed to a contract, so there you go. Red Bulls actually signed a player this offseason. Yeah. Even though it's a draft pick. <laughs> Dare I say, great move by Ali Curtis. <sighs> Yes. Boo. Rebel, well. rebel, 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 rebel. Can, can we actually can we actually talk about what happened at the draft? Sure. Can, yeah. Can we you know what? Yeah. Because that? because you know I was there, but I was there as part of media, and uh, we have some audio we'll play during the break. But th- there's a little bit of a story behind it, and uh, that's what you're going to talk about, Jim. So go ahead. Well, I, I just want to break. I want to break it down how uh, the draft, you know, the draft day went. Uh, first of all, uh, there was a little bit of a bus snafu with one of the buses, so half the people got down there before the other half, but everyone showed up before the draft actually took place. We walk in, and of course the Philly fans are trying to, you know, heckle us, whatever. Uh, they had a nice little contingent there. Orlando had a, just a ton of people there. A ton. Like, I mean, they had a gigantic section, which they decided to sit us behind them, because I don't know, Red Bull fans in Philly don't matter apparently. Uh, we had a nice little area, and but NYCFC had about I don't know eight people, but eight. <laughs> yeah. So I, really, the best part was Philly was loud early, but then once we got our section filled up, we decided to shred Philly, and boy did we shred the NYCFC fans. Just absolutely, just, we were we were unmerciless. Uh, when their draft pick came up, we sang "Take Me Out to the Ball Game." Orlando fans were giving in the business nonstop, and the best part was they had absolutely no retorts. None. Not a single nothing. They had nothing to say back to anybody. They just stood there and looked at us and took it. And when the, when the Philly fans, uh, they tried to do like a Red Bull, they were, I think they were doing like a Red Bull sucks chant. Well, that's what we did. Like everyone, uh, like everyone in our section was like chanting, we hate Red Bull or something, and then they just, they didn't know what to do. They just stood there like, uh, uh, and, and that was it. And since Philly didn't have a first round pick, they pretty much, most of the Philly fans just left and came back like later on in the day. They just did, didn't care anymore. They, yet again, rather pathetic. Sorry, Rich, rather pathetic showing by you, you Philly fans. Just not good. Um, but hey man, Orlando fans represented all the fans. Hey, okay, let me bring up another thing that NYCFC fans didn't know what to do. Uh, we, we already resolved, look, when a, a team name comes up, we'll obviously make fun of them, whatever. But as soon as the player comes out, we all applaud and, you know, be courteous and let the person talk, and that's what we did. So uh, blue team picks the guy. The guy comes up. They're chanting when he's trying to talk. We had to tell him to shut up. 
we had to tell their fans to shut up when their own guy was talking. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's pretty sad. So, uh, overall, super fun day. Again, I encourage anybody, I don't care what you think of the team, what your opinions are, whatever, you should really come down to the draft. It is, it's so much fun. It's a fun way of teasing other fans. It's really just a, a it's just a good time. It, it really, really is. So next year, if it's local, I suggest everyone take the day off and uh, go down to the uh, super draft. Next year's in Baltimore, by the way. Oh, there we go. Oh, I love it. Fantastic. Baltimore's a good time. And it, it's a uh, lot more local. Well, it's local for me either way, But uh, so I'm definitely going to go again. I don't like the idea of me having to wake up even earlier <laughs> to take the bus there, but whatever. Uh, I'm not exactly shocked there are only eight. You know, my CFC fans there because you know, bring up young players is not the Yankee way. That's true. That is true. We uh, we told them to trade. Uh, they they stopped. Um, they took a timeout, so we told them to trade for Lampard. I, I told them to draft Lampard. There's a lot of Lampard jokes going on. You have to. It, you have to. It's a moral imperative. It was great, and the Orlando fans just joined in what we were doing, and we were joining in what they were doing. <laughs> oh, there was a purple unicorn there too. I don't know, purple unicorn. And a purple Spider-Man. I think it was Spider-Man anyway. I didn't see Spider-Man. I just I saw Purple Unicorn. I, I saw it in one of the pictures from the draft. Does that mean they're a drug-free Purple Unicorn and drug-free uh, Spider-Man? Maybe, but not drunk-free Unicorn. I'll say that. Okay. So, yeah, my, my experience is a little different. Um, I, I got to go as a me- uh, member of the media. And uh, let me tell you, if you don't get there early, you kind of lose out on a good spot because – they had two rows of media seats in front or next to the stage and where all the uh, the teams were set up, and not a single one was left when I got there. And that, this was an hour before the meet, the draft started, so I got to sit in the back with the uh, the interview section. Uh, I did get to see Mark Fishkin, who's there getting audio for uh, Dave and Empire Soccer. So at least I got to you know talk to him a little bit. Got to meet some of the other SB Nation guys uh, who were pretty cool. Uh, it was kind of busy. <laughs> Once the Red Bulls finally picked, I mean, two hours, I had to wait two hours basically for that pick to happen so I could do something. Um, so that, it was an interesting experience. Uh, I, obviously, I can't say everybody gets a chance to do it because you got to kind of know somebody. But it, it was definitely a different look at how things are done, and especially for my first draft, I thought it was a really interesting uh, experience. So. Oh, oh, and I, do, I don't want to forget to mention that uh, before the draft started, they decided to announce that the MVP trophy is now going to be called the Landon Donovan Trophy. I don't know if you guys, I don't know, Pat, if you heard about that. Landon Landon Donovan Award. You have to get it correct. Oh, sorry. Ooh. I also, as I I posted on Twitter that day, I also heard a rumor, I don't know if it's true, that the the award has already demanded a trade to the NFL. But I'm sure if it goes there, it will probably come back in like a couple years. (laughs) Well, last one. NFL Europe. All right, so uh, is there anything else you guys want to talk about for the draft? I mean, I, without really knowing the players, it's kind of hard to talk about it. But Yeah, well, like we said, Leo Stoltz hopefully is an automatic. I mean, that's what every person says. Everyone out there thinks this guy is, is ready to go right now. And if that's if that's true, if he's ready to start, then already this draft will be a great success. Yeah. All right, um, with that, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, we have some audio that Truman and I got from the draft. We talked to uh, Rich Ransom, a Philadelphia Union fan, uh, Rich for uh, Brotherly Game, and I can't remember who else. Who was the other guy we got? It was Steve. I can't remember his last name. Uh, Steve. Him. Our friend Steve Ferenza. Yeah. He's uh, one of the capos for uh, ESC. So we're going to take a quick break. Uh, you'll listen to that. And then uh, when we join you uh, again, we'll be talking about the 
the, the Red Bull Town Hall that took place uh, last Friday. So we'll be back with more Red Bull Rant right after this. We're here at the MLS Draft after the first round. It's Jason Ipico joined with uh, your favorite Truman. We're also joined by... The only Truman. What, your favorite? <laughs> like, there's another one that exists. Go Come on. Harry Truman. <laughs> and we're here with uh, Steve uh, Frezza of uh, Empire Sports Club and Rich Ransom, a Philadelphia Union fan. Uh, Rich, we'll start with you. Uh, I don't remember when the, the trade was made, but what do you think of the Philadelphia Union trade away their first round pick this morning, Kansas City? Well, I'm gonna say what you said. I don't remember we even traded either. <laughs> like, I remember we just, well, I remember looking up our first trade was gonna be the second round, which is coming up, but it was probably one of those trades we did early in the year and they just moved to 10 and then just, just got traded down. So we, we got traded down, so who, who cares at this point? Now you guys are drafting uh, 31st overall, 10th in the second round. Uh, what do you think the Union are gonna go for? I think that's going to go for whoever's available, Whether, which will probably be a goalkeeper anyway, knowing us. We'll, we'll be honest about it, but we, we need a, we still need, like, a defensive midfield still, and I think we really need a striker, but they're just going to go whoever's there. Well, you you can always trade away a goalkeeper for somebody else. I guess it's that, we, right? We could, well, no, we lost McMath, so we still have two guys. So, we, yeah, we can still trade away somebody. Who cares at this point? So, who knows? All right, now, uh, before we start recording, you, you guys were telling me about a situation where – the Union fans were doing an anti-Red Bull chant, and then took—I don't know if it was to confuse you or just whatever. I think the, Steve can. Steve can all, right, all, right, yeah. all right, all right. So, Hom, I want to get Rich's reaction first. So, the Red Bulls fans kind of supported your chant by also chanting Red Bull out. What do you kind of think about yeah, that? We did the usual. We all hate Red Bull. We all hate Red Bull. Next thing you know, Red Bull turns to us and goes, "We all hate Red Bull. We all hate Red Bull." And we just stopped and just clapped it back, like we like we can't do anything to, to top that. So, uh, Steve, I, I know that the whole Pecky thing is a big thing. You're, you're, you're wearing a, uh, a revenge what, is coming crime yeah, of the so, century. So, <laughs> since this is audio, the front of the shirt says January 7th, crime of the century on the back. Revenge is coming. I, I, I have to ask, you know, obviously, what are, you, what are your thoughts about the situation? Um, it's bullshit. It's ridiculous that you trade a coach that is building the team for a youth movement to bring in a coach that is building a team towards the youth movement. Uh, especially a week before the draft and firing him two weeks after you knew you were going to fire him and not telling him. But, you know, that's all just semantics. It's the Ali Curtis world. So now the Red Bulls picked with in the first round uh, Leo Stoltz from, I believe it was UCLA. Uh, this is a kid who said he wasn't going to play in MLS if it wasn't for the New York Red Bulls. And... In talking to Marsh um, right after the pick was made, he said that was actually one of the reasons that uh, he came around was because one of his youth coaches is in the Red Bull um, system, not not with the Red Bulls New York, which is in the Red Bulls in general. Um, what do you think of his signing? I think it's a great signing. I mean, personally, on FIFA, I was I was <laughs> I was sent to 1860 Munich, and he came up with 1860 Munich. So it feels good in my heart that we have an 1860 Munich player. But I'll take anybody who's only willing to play for our team and not play for anyone else. All right. Yeah, so uh, for those who don't know, Leo Soltz is an attacking midfielder. Um, the Red Bulls, again, are selecting 18th in the uh, the second round. So what do you think the Red Bulls should go after need-wise in that, with that pick? Um, maybe forward depth, maybe a center back. Uh, we definitely don't need another midfielder. We're kind of like Philly with goalkeepers but with midfielders. Um, yeah, really just anybody. Uh, don't really care. <laughs> 
And that's pretty much what it's going to be. It's just like they just say, you just feel, like like Rich said, you just find the best guy and just take him, right? regardless of position. Like, it's like they're going to sign him, but even on us, we're going to probably pick a guy and then I even sign him at, at the end anyway. Yeah. So it doesn't really matter who we pick at this point. It's, it's just, who do you want to sign that $36,000 check? That's <laughs> yeah. Who wants to live in a loft in Hoboken? That's what's <laughs> Now, now, I think kind of surprised so far the first round is, I guess you could say it is, um, Red Bull Academy product Dan Metzger, who forego his signing the contract, a homegrown contract with the Red Bulls, was not selected at all in the first round. What do you think about that? I was shocked. I didn't realize it until the end of the first round, and I looked up at the board and didn't see his name up there. I expected him to go in the top ten. Um, if he's available, I think for shits and giggles, we should just sign him <laughs> or draft him. <laughs> All right, you got anything else, Truman? Yeah, just uh, overall uh, ex- with you guys, like overall experience of today's draft. Um, did you go to the, the one last year? I too? did go last year. Last year was fun because we were first. It was easy. <laughs> Three first round, like no, like no one's here. It's left. It's boring. It's, I still got to cover the actual convention later. It's, like, it's boring. It's like, let's pick a goal. This is this is definitely the most fun draft I've had since 2010. With the son of Ben was a Tory and. Stuff like that. Ripping our own team. Yeah. Especially. Yeah. yeah. We want Dave. We want Van, oh, Dave Vandenberg. Yeah. Those are good days. Good days. <laughs> DC United, you, you kind of pushed out. I don't I don't see you. So. Yeah. I mean, they, Orlando no, brought no, no, no. like 200 people. DC went to Rome. Oh, they had to go that's, the new right. that's right. That's well, right. Well, for what it's worth, Ben Olsen didn't because I saw him enter the media room and asked, does anybody want to talk to me and laugh about it? So. <laughs> <laughs> Real quick, New, new York City FC, cheer your guy when you get picked. Ter- don't they're sit. They're don't yeah. cheer them when he's talking, interrupting him, being a jerk. Yeah, seriously, you guys got to pick better interns to boss down here as your supporters. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Don't don't walk into my bar yelling, "We're here, we're here," when and then be nice to everybody. Like yeah. that's come on. So, by the way, thank you for that flag. We really appreciate it. We we're just wondering why you didn't bring banners for us to take this time. <laughs> I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and neither do I, since I don't sit. I wasn't sit with the supporters today, so. Um, I think we'll wrap this section up, right? Yeah, we'll wrap, wrap yeah. this up. Uh, we'll probably be back with some more stuff after the uh, the second round, or at least after the Red Bulls pick in the second round. Yeah. All right, yeah, we have stuff to do. Welcome back to the Red Bull Rant. Uh, so. The end of that clip, we said that we were going to have more audio after the second round. Uh, we don't. <laughs> but there's but a good reason behind that. Yeah, so Truman, you have the reason to go ahead. Okay, so, you know, when we when we had Rich and we had Steve come out and we did the interview, the plan was, uh, you know, wait until, like, the first couple picks of the second round, and I was going to go grab, uh, you know, an Orlando guy, NYCF, NYCFC guy. Here was the problem. When I walked in, mind you, the second round had was only a couple picks in. Every single Orlando fan left. <laughs> all of them. All whatever they brought. 60 people, whatever. They all got up at the same time and all apparently had the same flight home. <laughs> so they all left at the same time except for Purple Unicorn, who you didn't want to interview. Uh, so there was problem number one, and I looked around the uh, the blue team. Those guys were gone too. I mean, there was only eight of them, so maybe they were just hidden in the crowd. They're gone. Gone. So... Uh, that pretty much defeated the idea of getting, you know, some expansion team uh, fan talk. And really, aside from uh, those four groups, there was bar- there was barely any DC fans. I-, I saw three, 
that I that, that I saw with my own eyes, maybe three. There might have been more, but and who wants to talk to DC people anyway? So that's the reason we were going to get a couple more interviews, but that, that was it. There was nobody left. Yeah, I didn't see many DC people there. I mean, the the ocean, the ocean, or sorry, ocean. The Orlando City contingent was pretty good, but yeah, they were gone. Like when I got back into the media area, and I went to the to outside to the main area, and it's just completely empty. And I was like, wow, this is going to be a completely different second uh, second round here. I've never so. seen the second round like that before. I mean, everybody, everyone cleared out. Because when I came back in there and all the Orlando people were leaving, uh, even the ESC people were like, all right, we're going to go. They had, like, the one area reserved to go eat, and then uh, they all left. So, well, I don't know. Well, finish the Rebels, guys. I mean, it, it wasn't, like, another, like, hour or hour and a half until Rebels picked. So, for you right. guys, it was. Right, for sure. Why sit there with nobody to talk to? Right. And. So that makes sense, but the Orlando people were just kind of weird. I mean, don't get me wrong. I understand if your team doesn't have any picks left, you are kind of you feel like you need to, you feel like you want to leave because what the hell are you doing there? Right. But there could have been trade. There could have been a trade or something that involved Orlando yeah. City. So that just kind of got me. Yeah, it was. It was. I don't know. It was weird. But I do want to thank Stephen Rich for uh, coming to talking. Rich actually found me. I was walking outside, and he came up and. You know, I almost immediately recognized him. Like, wait, you posted on our Twitter. <laughs> he was the one we yeah, should, he kept, he he kept, we should make fun of Philly so much, but we can't help ourselves. He kept bugging me. He's like, "Are you coming down to the draft? Are you coming down to the draft?" I'm like, "Yes, I am. Thank you for asking <laughs> for the fiftieth time." <laughs> uh, the Confederate interactions with this Stephen Rich, I feel left out. And, and li- listen, Rich, I make no promises that I will not stop making fun of Philly because that's just what I do. In our blood. That's right. You have to. Uh, the one thing I will say, on the very last note, this is just a personal pet peeve, is I kind of wish that uh, MLS had told media where inside the convention center the draft was going to be, because I could park in like the complete... For those who don't know, the Philadelphia convention center is almost like an L-shaped. Uh, the it's draft it's slightly side, convoluted. The, the draft is on one part of the L, I was on the complete opposite side of the L. Like, draw a line between the two, em- the two corners that are completely empty... That's where the fuck I parked. Oops. So, minor, minor annoyance. That's all. Could have been coordinated a little better. But anyway, so the Red Bulls, in their infinite wisdom, decided to hold a season ticket holder town hall event for 300 people, which you had to register for, by the way. Um, if you want to hear the full audio or you want to recap, you can go to onceometro.com. Both are up there. Um... I, I don't even know where we're going to start. I know, tr- or, sorry, Pat has a lot of thoughts on this. He's a very opinionated guy recently. So uh, I, I'm just, just go ahead, Pat, whatever you want to say, go for it. Ah, oh, jeez. I mean, where to start with that stupid thing? Um, <laughs> and, you know, um, I, I, I've calmed down a little in the past couple of days, but, I, I, I mean, I'm still kind of pissed off about the whole thing. Um I don't know. Should I be should I be nice first or should I be mean first? What do you guys think? Be whatever uh, you want to be. Be mean, then go nice. All right, cool. Then I'll uh, I'll say I'll go off on what I uh, I didn't like first, and, and I'll actually go soft mean first, which because it's going to be the obvious. Yeah, no, Ollie Curtis didn't do anything to um, you know instill anybody with hope. I mean, I think Mark Fishkin in his review pointed out that his plan is not necessarily a bad one, and I agree there. It, it, it has some sense behind it. Um, you, you, analytics is not something that I'm afraid of or anything like that. 
Um, it's good to hear that the team is starting to, is going to start a USL pro team. Uh, but yeah, I mean, other than that, still no clear reason as to why they fired Mike Pecky. Uh, still no, uh, other than Leo Stoltz, which again is a good move. Other than Leo Stoltz, there's nothing on the player acquisition front, um, to suggest this team is going anywhere. I mean, I know they're looking at that French defender from, uh, League two, but that doesn't exactly instill me with any confidence. <laughs> um, you know, uh, so yeah, absolutely. The, the, you know, the front office did not look any better. Um, but the people that came out looking the worst are the idiots who could not stop shouting through the whole fucking thing. And, uh, you know, here, here's the thing, idiots, and I'm talking to you directly now, is you don't like to admit this, but, and, and there's, there's, there's a group of you and your your supporters, unfortunately. I wish your supporters groups could eject you. But you are the face of the fan base. And when you act like a fucking idiot, you make us all look like fucking idiots. And you don't want to realize that. But you know what? That doesn't matter. Because you being able to shout and swear at the front office guy makes you feel like a big man. You know? It's like... and. and Here's what I promise you. With every swear, I mean, look, yes, we are cursing on the show, but at the same time, the Red Bull rant is the forum for that. The town hall is not. The town hall is supposed to be about a dialogue. And when you shout, oh, fuck you, oh, my fucking pecky, and, you know, you're not going to, guess what? The front office immediately is not listening to you. As soon as you act like a moron, your opinion is null and void. And for that matter, I mean... Do you think they care? The actions of this front office mean one of two things. One, that they are so sure of Ali Curtis's plan that they will win you back once the team starts winning. and Or two, they're selling the team, in which they don't really give a shit, you know? So you're yelling and screaming. It, it doesn't matter. They don't care what you think. And here's the thing. If this team has been so fuck, if this company has been so fucking terrible to you over the years of ownership, of the Red Bulls, or the or Harrison FC, whatever you want to call them, you know, if they've been so awful to you, why do you keep buying tickets? Sell your tickets. Stop going to games. That one, the one person who said, uh, "I know we're customers." He's right. You're a customer, and if and if the person selling to you is screwing you over, stop buying. That's how you change anything. Screaming and yelling and acting like a petulant little child accomplishes nothing. You will change nothing. In fact, you will just piss off some of the more reasonable of us fans who are now feeling like, oh, you know what? I like Red Bull again because I don't want to associate myself with these jackasses. I mean, come on, guys. Get your shit together. Just stop showing up so I don't have to deal with you. That'd be great. I'm so sick of it. I'm so sick of the whining of this fucking fan base, or at least a portion of this fan base. I'm done. I'm done with it. You know, it, it, it's if it's not fun, if you're getting screwed over, don't go to the games. I do this podcast because it's fun. If it ever stops being fun, I'm not going to do it. It's logical. It's logical. So I, I just don't understand it, you know. And, fun, and you know what? I don't want a team that listens to the fans. If the team listened to me, if the team listened to me, you know how many shit that would have been screwed up by this team in the last couple of years? We never would have, Marcus Holgerson would have been benched after one game, you know? 
Juan Agadello never would have been benched. I would have kept him in the entire season. I don't want a team that listens to the fans, okay? Fans are idiots. We're all idiots. <laughs> look at the Washington Redskins. They're run by a fan. And look how well, look how that's going. So I, I'm just – I'm over it. I'm, I'm over it. You, you're, you, those of you who want to shout and yell, especially when you start shouting over another fan, mind you, I think her name was Carissa, who, like, had the balls, who had the had the – the gall to say nice things about the club and people started shouting over her, you're classless. You're classless human beings who uh, don't know how to act in a public forum with any shredded decency and you disgrace our fan base. Well well said, sir. Well said. And, and uh, all right, I'm just going to give you my thoughts real quick and I'm, I'm, I'm almost 100% in agreement with everything you just said. Uh, number one, Red Bulls, uh, the team didn't have to have a town hall meeting. Mm -hmm. Honestly, every other sports team on the planet, you know, in the major league sports, they make moves. They don't, they don't have invite fans to, uh, get to get up and ask them questions. Well, honestly, they know better as a Mets fan. Oh my God. Could you imagine if the Mets had a town hall meeting? (laughs) Oh boy. It it would be a nightmare. Uh, (laughs) it'd be so bad. Ryan! (laughs) And and that was the thing. It's like you kind of knew. The way people were talking on message boards and stuff that you're like, boy, I hope everyone behaves, but you knew it wasn't going to happen. You knew. You just – you knew it, and I, I tried to listen to the audio in about 10 – I couldn't even get like 30 seconds in. I'm like, oh, it's already starting with the nonsense. Uh, that you know, that all being said, because I'm, I'm not going to pile on to what Pat said because I think Pat's 100% right with the way the fans – some of these fans acted. Some of them. Obviously not all of them. Yeah. Um, well, hold on. Let me get to the point. Point number one, Ali Curtis was an idiot. I mean, like you said, he he had no real answers, but that's no surprise from coming from a guy who's basically a general manager. Yeah. General managers will never, ever, ever give you a straight answer. I also said this on Twitter. Mike Tannenbaum still won't give you a good reason why the Jets drafted Tim Tebow. <laughs> and he's with the Dolphins. And he will still give you, you know, he'll he'll just talk around the whole situation. So a guy like that, that's their job. They're, they're basically, you know, sports politicians. They're just never going to give you what you want to hear, plain and simple. Um, people who were basically trying to almost call out Luis Robles, saying that he didn't volunteer, that he was told to come there. I read that a few times. Yep. I mean, come on. Don't give that guy shit. I'm yeah. sure he, I'm sure Lewis Robles knew exactly what that situation was going to be like. He's like, you know what? I'll come down there and maybe I can help out. Yep. People were ripping Frank Viola. Yeah. Yeah. Frank Viola. Someone I don't know who said this, but someone was trying to say that Steve Cangelosi, uh, he had better, you know, he was he wasn't like he didn't have the guts to come down there. No, Steve Cangelosi was in uh, California calling a Devils game. <laughs> so sorry, Frank Isola, a pretty well uh, known reporter, came down to kind of moderate things. Yeah, poor guy. Jeez. Right. He he might have been the one that had no idea what he was walking into. And, and I uh, and I read one report that somebody threatened uh, whoever was speaking wh- threatened whatever fan was speaking at the time, as well as Frank Isola with actual violence. Yeah, with violence. I mean, that is so beyond classless. It's pretty much disgusting. Mm-hmm. And if you, if you're that person and you you don't agree with me, please find me at the game and I will gladly talk about it with you. I have no problem discussing it. <laughs> I think every every single person there had their right to make their opinion known. 
And that's why they took questions from the crowd. People got pissed because they didn't give them follow-ups. Well, you know what? How many people were there that want to ask questions? Right. You wanted to be there for 10 hours? That's why there's no follow-ups. There's no conspiracy why there's no follow-ups. Mm-hmm. You're kind of time-constrained, you know? And every, like I said, everyone had an opportunity to get up there and say something. And unfortunately, some people just – I mean, I think, you know, Pat, like you said, and I said, this is, they didn't do it the right way. Just be a grown-up. Be a responsible human being. Don't overshout people that are asking questions. You don't have to curse. You don't have to threat violence, you know, that's it. And I don't care what your thought is of ownership. Hey, man, everyone has their own right to what they think of the owners, the Red Bulls. If the people who do the Red Bull out thing, hey, man, more power to you. You want to do that? You want to collect Red Bull? They were doing Red Bull shirts. They were taking Red Bull shirts, merch, you know, uh, in front of the stadium. We're going to donate it. I, I think that's great, man. If that's your opinion, that's awesome. And I actually I have no qualms of you having a different opinion than what mine or Jay or Pat's or anyone else's is about ownership. You know, I think that's awesome. That's what America's all about, right? Mm-hmm. Freedom of speech. It just some people just obviously decided that they weren't going to do it in a uh, a way, you know, that a hu- an actual human being would, and that was really, really disappointing. It's not surprising, but it's really disappointing. Yep. All right. So I've been I've been holding back now because I was trying to try I, I want to tread lightly on the subject since I already I kind of have an opinion piece up on what's the metro about Red Bull out so I'm going to try to tread lightly on all this stuff I, I want to make a disclaimer here I don't I'm trying to find the right words here I am not discounting anyone's opinion when I say when I write the things I do on what's the metro especially that opinion piece and what I say on the show I'm not trying to put down belittle or any Anything like that, you everybody has a right to an opinion. Whether I agree with it or not is another thing, but everybody's right to an opinion. The people, I, I completely on board, Pat. The people that were disrupting the town hall, all you do is hurt your cause by doing that. I mean, the first fifteen twenty minutes was nothing but Mike Pecky, Mike Pecky, Mike Pecky, which. I, you know, I completely agree that the decision to fire him was stupid. Like, I don't understand. I still don't get it. I really don't. But in that setting, to disrupt someone who is trying to give an answer, whether or not they actually do that is a whole other issue, but someone who's trying to give you an answer, you let them speak. It's the whole point of the forum is the question is asked, the question is answered, and then you keep going in that order. You don't interrupt anybody. Um... And it's, it was more on a few occasions. Um, the, the Red Bull out people. Listen, I, like I said, I completely understand the frustration with Pecky. Um, and, and they've made claims as there, that there are other issues too. Although, personally, I have not seen, you know, clear examples of what those other issues are. I'm not discounted that they're, they're there. I just haven't seen what they said. But, you know, there's a point in which you have to be careful in what you do and take into account what has been done since Red Bull has taken over this franchise. I mean, let's look a little bit at the history. Since 2006, the stadium has been built. Granted, it was, you know, it was already planned to be under construction by the time Red Bull took over. But in writing my opinion piece, I found out that we were supposed to have a stage on one side of the stadium. Would you have really wanted a stadium that had a stage on one side and was completely empty during games? No, it was, it was basically going to be Pizza Hut Park 2. That's what it was going to be. Yep. It was going to be, yeah, it was going to be a Columbus, like, 
uh, FC Dallas, Houston. Yeah, Richfield. Yeah. I mean, come on. Those kind of places are not good soccer stadiums. They they look incomplete. Red Bull came in and basically told a AEG, fuck off. We want seats all around the field. They're the Ooh. reason we have the stadium that we do. It's why it's one of the best stadiums in the country. The academy, while it was... While it was a recognized academy before Red Bull took over, has not lost its reputation. In fact, it's probably grown a little bit. All of the academy teams are in the top five of their divisions. That's an amazing track record. And how many other teams in this league truly, up until like maybe two or three years ago, truly invested in academy teams? Uh, I guarantee you it's less than five. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you could talk. Then you have then bringing players like Thierry Henry, Juan Pablo Angel. Claudio Reyna, uh, Juninho, Rafa Marquez. You can tell me that those players didn't work out, and I when I or some of them didn't work out, and I'm completely on board with you. But it takes ambition to bring those players on in the first place. For a quote absentee owner, that that's a lot of caring for someone who's not willing to invest in a team. I mean, it, it's just and trust. And granted, I have not been a fan since 1996, so I have not gone through what those fans have. So I. I may not completely understand where they're coming from, but from my understanding of the history of the franchise, since 2006, this franchise has been better off than it was before 2006. And that is in no small part due to the ownership of the New York Red Bulls by Red Bull GmbH. Now, I've said if Red Bull were to sell today to somebody else, as long as that person was willing to invest in the team, I'd be okay with it. Yep, sure. I don't care who I don't care who the owner is. I want them to care about the team. And at times, I've made comments that it seems like they don't care. But in the grand scheme of things, the Red Bull Corporation has done a lot more good for this team than it does than it has negative. Unfortunately, the latest negative action, firing Pecky, has seemed to be a catalyst for Red Bull out. And again, I am not saying that it is the sole reason for the movement, but the messaging that I'm getting from Red Bull out seems to be all about Mike Pecky and nothing else. And I and I I am. Well, I will welcome anybody that wants to come on that represents the movement because I haven't seen one central leadership body yet. But if anybody that represents the movement comes forward and talk and wants to have a debate with me about what their movement's about or just even tell me about the other things that aren't my pecky, I'm open to it. You can you they can come on the show as a guest. Absolutely, Red Bull Rant. If you if you represent the, the movement, Red Bull Rant at gmail dot com. Um, I believe I I have a. Uh, Somebody else from our site reaching out to them already. If it's on the Once a Metro site, I will not be the one to interview you because I want to make sure that it's clear I, that uh, what I don't want any preconceived notions coming out that I'm trying to slander anybody. That's not what I'm trying to do. So if it's on the Once a Metro site, it won't be me that's doing the interview. If it's on Red Bull Rant, I have Pat and Truman. I'll keep my mouth shut so you guys can talk. <laughs> I don't know. They might I, not I'm, want I'm me dead on either. <laughs> I'm, I'm dead. I'm dead serious because I wrote the opinion piece. I want to make sure it's clear. I, I am not against their protests in general. I just want people to try to take a step back, breathe for a second, and look at the whole situation because while it's completely fair to be upset about Pecky, that shouldn't be the be-all, end-all of getting Red Bull, the corporation, out of the team. There should be a lot oh. worse things that happen. And if, if, if Remy, if you can show me examples of other shit that's happened that I don't know about and you prove to me that this stuff's happening, then I'm completely on board. But at this moment, Red Bull, as a comp- as a corporation, has done more for this team than any previous owner. And, and let me make this point. <laughs> it wasn't the Red Bull uh, ownership 
decided to bring in Mamadou Diallo or Jaime Moreno. <laughs> just saying, new owners might not be the best thing in the world. You just don't know where you're going to get. So I just want to put that out there. Uh, um, and just to kind of add on to Jay's, uh, before we actually talk about the positive things from uh, the town hall, believe it or not, there is actually still a bit of space for that. But to add on to Jay's rant, I mean, what, what do people say when this team screws up? What's the hashtag? We know. We don't have to say it anymore. We know what it is. They know what it is. But it's not Red Bull, is it? No. So I think a lot of the ire that people are attributing specifically to Red Bull is carried over from the Metro era, you know? And, and, I, and I don't know if people, I don't know if they realize that or what. Uh, I mean, since I've been, I, I'm like Jay, I'm new, new-ish. I mean, that's the five-year point, I'm not that new anymore. Uh, but I came into the team with the Red Bull Arena era, and until the Mike Pecky firing, uh, frankly, I thought they ran the team perfectly fine. Uh, I mean, yes, the Mike Pecky thing is a head scratcher, but it, it does not cause me to say, sell now. It, tells, it causes me to say, give me a year, you know? Uh, g- give me a year, let me see what you do, and we'll go from there. Let me see if you really do have a better idea how to, how to run this team than me, <laughs> you know? Um, that's pretty much, you know, that, that, yeah, I, I'm with I'm with Jay. This team has done more uh, good than harm, um, and now it's right now we're at a crossroads. There's no doubt about that. We're at a crossroads, but uh, and it can go either way. Who knows? Ali Cur- Curtis's master plan could be what we're talking about for years after this. Um, and then uh, if I could put tinfoil on for a second, <laughs> um, maybe the Red Bulls know. Uh, this CBA is going to be revolutionary come up, and they don't want to fill the roster with uh, with Hasmans when they know they're going to have more freedom in a year. That's quite there, possible. There, there, there's a tinfoil tinfoil possibility. So, <laughs> and you know, uh, it's, and it's always a possibility that you know we're six weeks away from the start of the season, but like you mentioned, we don't have a CBA in place. Aside from the fact that we don't know the specifics of how that all the roster rules are going to work out, maybe there's a possibility. However soon it may be, there may be a possibility of a lockout. In which case, would it make sense to have as the least number of players of, that you want on the roster, aside from the guys that like you really, really want? Because again, you don't know what the roster rules are going to shake out as. There's all this stuff that's coming to play with stuff like a CBA that none of us are privy to, because unlike every other um, quote top four league in the country. MLS is very secretive when it comes to shit like this. We don't know what's going on. I mean, hell, the roster rules on the M- on MLS's site aren't even correct. So, I mean, we, we have no idea what the plan is going forward. Now, I do want to say this. In the town hall, someone asked the question if, you know, if Marsh doesn't win MLS Cup in his first year, will he be fired? And Ali Curtis had the non-committal answer of, you know, MLS is the goal, blah, 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 but didn't actually give anything. I thought that was a pretty fair question, given that Pecky got fired after two very successful seasons. For sure. I mean, I, I, I think we could all say, look, you know, they got to the conference finals and were one goal away from the final. I think the next year, no matter what was, the cup, that was it. Like, mm-hmm. no matter who the coach is, cup next year. Yep. But, like, so, you know, kind of getting back to what Pat was saying, questions like that are perfectly logical because you're saying there is now an expectation set that if you do well, but it's not well enough, you're going to get fired. So now the question is, well, what's well enough? And we don't know what the answer right. is because it was never detailed. 
But again, they're not going to tell us that because why would they? Right, and but no team's ever like, going to say. No, no, no manager, no owner, no nobody goes. Yeah, we're going to win the cup next year because come next year you look like an idiot when you say that. Mm-hmm. Trust me, it happens in every sport in the country. We always call out the people that go, "Oh yeah, we're going to win." Uh, you know, we're going to win the title. Hey, perfect example. If anyone who watched the Packers Seahawks game uh, yesterday. They showed a clip of one of their previous uh, playoff meetings in the uh, when they went to overtime, and I think it was what Matt Hasselback was the quarterback for the Seahawks. They flipped the coin. He said, "We're going to get the ball and we're going to win." And what happened? Yep. Packers intercepted the ball like a, in a play or two, ran it back for a touchdown, and won the game. Yep. That's why you keep your mouth shut about whether you're going to win or not. Mm-hmm. Not everybody is Joe Namath for crying out loud. Or Rex Ryan. Right. Well, Rex Ryan was only there not to kiss Bill Belichick's rings. <laughs> Which sadly he might have to do in a couple weeks. <laughs> but so, let me let me say this. I, I said if anybody wants to come on and tell me why they want Ripple out, I'm perfectly willing to have you on. Just contact us, and I know I'll talk about this anyway. But we have our email and voicemails. You're willing. You're more than welcome to write or call in, and you can get that information at the end of the show. But let let us know how you feel. I'm dead serious. Let us know how you feel. You know, this is not a team-controlled podcast. The three of us are fans, just like everybody else listening. We may have different opinions. It happens. But just, I don't know. I'm trying not to get too heated about it. For the podcast of the people. Just be civil. Yes, please. Just be civil. Just don't don't get on the mic and be like, this is my mic. This is my mic. You're like, I asked a question. This is my mic. Just don't do that. And well, you'll, you'll probably get played. Let me, let me ask you guys this: What do you do? You think people would have been a little, slightly satisfied, just slightly, if Ali Curtis apologized for the way the firing went down? Because he didn't do that at the town hall meeting that I, I didn't hear or read about. No, what he did was he said, we're, he said we didn't want to be handled like that. He didn't apologize for the firing or the handling. He just said, "I'm sorry." He said basically, "We'll do better," and that stories don't get leaked. Yeah, I don't. I, That's all he I said. don't think. He shouldn't apologize for firing Mike Pecky because obviously that's his decision. You don't, you're not going to apologize for making a decision. Yeah. I just thought that maybe he should have said, you know, I apologize for the way, yeah, for the way it went down. That wasn't the way we should have handled it. Like you said, we shouldn't have found out at at midnight on Tuesday night. He, he kind of addressed that, saying like it wasn't us that leaked it. We didn't intend it for it to leak that way, but um. I mean, frankly, I don't think anything I, – I think he could have been like, hey, we signed Cristiano Ronaldo. And people would have been like, boo! Boo! So, I mean – I might have been, but you – know? <laughs> So, it's like um, – I'm not sure there's anything he could have done to uh, calm the certain segment of the crowd that was not interested in it all in a civil dialogue. Can I, wait, can I explain why the Red Bulls shouldn't sign Cristiano Ronaldo, the number one reason? Go for it. Because, Pat, you and I already have enough trib- trouble with getting women around here. We don't need that guy showing up and taking all of them. It's true. It's true. He'll steal them all. Yeah. I do like having, uh, you know, I, I, I don't even want to know what Cristiano Ronaldo's table scraps look like. <laughs> I'd be like, dudes. <laughs> Just, just, just throwing that one out there. Good point. Maybe we lighten the show up a little bit. <laughs> All right, so uh, we got this voicemail 
um, as we were recording uh, from our friend Julian in uh, the ISC, the Irish Scottish English Supporters Group. So uh, let's take a listen. Hi guys, this is Julian calling from London, UK, one of the members of the ISC on Facebook, calling to say that I will never, ever have faith or trust or any loyalty to Ali Snake-Eyed Curtis. I'm a picky loyalist through and through. It's a despicable act that Curtis uh, undertook on our mic. And I say our mic because he is a Metro person. He embraced the Red Bulls. He's a New Yorker. And Curtis just brushed him aside like he was turned on his show. Fuck Curtis. Curtis could win us the MLS Cup. I still say fuck Curtis. He does not belong at our lovely, beautiful, blue-collar football club. He's not a man of the people in the area. He's a fucking idiot. Jesse Marsh, I think we have to have a bit of faith in him because he now has the job. And we have, oh, I hate to say this, because it's like watching uh, somebody else mount, mount your girlfriend and having to swallow it, so to speak. But we have to have faith in Jesse Marsh. It hates me to say it. I feel like I'm betraying Mike, but it's going to be an awkward first start of the season, watching somebody else on the touchline cheer on our players. But um, I feel that one day, one day, all this will write itself. But for now and forevermore, I will never trust Curtis, and I do not want him at a football club. He doesn't belong here. He's taken away our icon, he's taken away our leader. Um, and I, I will never, never have faith in him or want him at a football club at all. That's my event. Keep up the good work, guys, and falls the Metro from London. Cheers. I think that is like the most, that is a perfect voicemail. Yeah. That, I mean, that is, that's honestly, he really, I mean, he, he definitely summed up the opinions of a lot of the fans, but, mm-hmm. you know, even Julian, who has Pecky's armor, army tattooed on himself, realizes that, and I, Pat, I think we're going to talk about Jesse Marsh. Yes, he, we are. He, yeah, even he knows that's not the guy you shit on. That's the guy, you know, th- he walked into this job. Well, you want to just, let's just get into it now, shall well, we? I mean, I mean, yeah. he, he brought it up perfectly, so let's talk about let's it. Transition and, Je- yeah, let's transition to Jesse Marsh. Yeah, and I think uh, what you did, what you also saw in the town hall meeting, was a lot of people swayed a little bit toward him. Like he he did speak very well. You know, obviously this it wasn't his decision to fire Mike Pecky. He took the job that was given to him, which everybody would do. Mm-hmm. And I think every a lot of people say that if it wasn't for the way uh, the firing went down. Maybe if it happened right at the end of the season or, or whatever, or whatever, whenever it happened, or maybe even before they hired Mike Pecky as head coach, that a lot of people said this guy was going to be a very good, like he's a good pick as a head coach. Yeah. And he presented himself well. He spoke well. I think he changed a lot of minds of people who were just infuriated over the situation, couldn't think of any, anything else. Um, so hopefully that does, that does continue, uh, with the new coach. Absolutely. I mean, listening to the uh, town hall, that was the one thing I came away with is that I really like Jesse Marsh. And uh, I think I alluded to on the last show that um, when before Mike was hired, I was wondering why the team wasn't looking at Jesse Marsh as a coach. So I was, I was not necessarily disappointed with him being the replacement to begin with. But uh, I think, yeah, I think he if he did any studying of uh, Mike Pecky over the past couple of years uh, – it's it. He displayed it in that town hall, and, and that was give no bullshit to the fans. Um, he just spoke. I mean, he basically said, he's like, hey, my job's to win MLS Cup, and if I don't, you can fire me in a year. Like, and I think a lot of fans 
We're like, all right, <laughs> like, let's get on board here. I like this guy. Um, and that, that's how I feel. I, I'm a Jesse Marsh fan. Um, you know, and I, I'm with, I'm with Julian. I mean, it sucks. I, I don't like, uh, I don't like that I like Jesse Marsh to, to some extent, considering what happened to Becky, but, um, you know, it's it's uh he's the guy we got. He's the guy we got to support, and uh, I think he is got the right attitude about it. You know, he's not towing the company line. He's the I'm here to win games. That's it, and that's I think all fans want out of him, and that's great. Yeah, I mean, it, someone asked him point black, point black, point blank uh, at the draft about the fans because uh, for anybody that was there or watched it, the fans were not. The most welcoming to the to the Red Bull staff that was there. Um, this and this is another direct quote I have from him. Uh, he says, uh, "I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have passionate fans. You know, that's that's great things to have at a club. And so certainly, we're not going to back away or back down from any of that. I'm excited to be here and I expect big things out of our club." He understands the situation he's in, obviously, and he's he's not looking to. It doesn't seem like anyway he's making, looking to make friends, but at the same time, he is, and you, to an extent I am as well. You have to, as a manager, um, respect the fact of how passionate the fans are, that they care so much about the team, regardless of whether they like you or not. The fact that they care means that they're going to be there supporting your team through thick and thin. So, I mean, and yeah, he came off. I think he was the big winner in all of the town hall. Um, you know, Robles volunteered to be there, and all he got were platitudes. One guy apologized for him, saying that, I'm sorry you had to be a flak jacket, which, considering that Robles volunteered to be there, um, you know, it doesn't come off that great. But of the four guys that were up there, uh, Marsh came off the best because he was direct. He was not bullshitting with his answers. He may have skirted around some questions because he had to. But you could tell that when he could be frank about items, he was. He was direct. He didn't. He didn't hide anything unless he absolutely had to. And so that's as much as I hate the fact that Pecky got fired. Uh, at this point, I am not too concerned with Marsh. Mm-hmm. So no, he's not the one to even no, not not the one at all to be concerned and not, about. And it's not his fault. And it's not his fault that he's there. Well, I mean, he accepted the job. But it's not his fault that that he inherited the situation he did. Right. Can but, I? I uh, uh, sorry, Jay. So if I just want to make one more point, just real quick. Um, <laughs> I know fans hate Mark Day Grand Prix for what happened in the past. Totally understand that. But he doesn't make these decisions anymore. He's the marketing guy. That's pretty much it. <laughs> and he definitely did some some of the dumbest shit when he was sporting director or whatever. He was obviously weighing over his head, but now that he's just marketing guy, he did some good stuff last year. They 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 have changed. They have honored their history. I know people just want to like tear you know chew him up and spit him out, but he's not making the big decisions anymore. He's not. He's not in charge. He's not the boss. I, I mean, prove I don't know. Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. If he's if he's the boss and he's making these decisions, he's the one who fired Mike Pecky. Please let me know because I, I would like to know that. Yep. Sorry, I, I, did, I wanted to say that before I forgot about it. That were fine words, Asha. All right, uh, I'm done. I don't know what you guys... That was, you guys that that was pretty much about. my final point I wanted to make. Yeah. And All please, right, so I really encourage... Uh, I just I want to encourage everybody, if you have differing opinions, 
please call us or write us so we can talk to you about it. That's what we're here for. Yeah. And Jay, why don't you give them how they can get a hold of us? Nice segue, Truman. Nice segue. <laughs> All right. Boom. So, if you want to contact us, you can email us at redbullrant at gmail.com. That's all lowercase. Uh, if you want to call us like Julian did, the phone number for that is 973-348-5329. Uh, so you don't have to go back and rewind and listen to that again. And I, I, I'm kind of hoping that there's going to get some voicemails out of this. Um, the phone number again is 973-348-5329. And then for the rest of our stuff, uh, you can visit once a metro, once metro.com. You can visit the website where we have all our podcasts up. It's redbullrant.blogspot.com. Um, on Twitter, we can be reached at, at redbullrant for the show, at doctastooge, D-O-C-T-A-S-T-O-O-G-E for myself, at pmacd82, that's P-M-A-C-D-8-2 for Pat, and Truman's very simple, at the Truman. I, I don't think I need to spell the truth. I, God, I hope not. <laughs> um, you can subscribe to our show via iTunes, Stitcher Radio. We're also on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash red hyphen bull hyphen rant. And on Facebook, facebook.com slash red bull rant. Um, Pat, Truman, any last words before we wrap this up? Yeah, I uh, just want to let everybody know that it's official. I have also entered myself into the 2015 Royal Rumble. Ooh, that's good. And I, I will be watching the Royal Rumble and recording my uh, opinions of it this Sunday. Uh, but on a soccer-related uh, sign-off, a couple days ago, Bobby Warshaw wrote a good article on Deadspin about all the problems uh, facing the players in terms of player movement and pay and stuff like that, and uh, uh, that uh, concerning this upcoming CBA. So I suggest you suggest you get informed and check it out. Get up on it. All right, so for Pat, Truman, and myself, this was episode number 130 of the Red Bull Rant. Thank you guys for tuning in. Go Red Bulls. Peace. Lates.